0: hello everybody welcome back it's uh it's it's jordan strauss and sam laboon we're back tps podcast that's what's up hey how you guys doing glad to be back this is week two of our big return uh what was the word i was gonna say rebound but that's not what i wanted to say re um comeback we're a couple comeback kids is what's happening we are uh (laughs) trying to get back into the swing of things i even swapped out my chair for a less squeaky chair just to bring you guys the best fucking product now who you guys are i have no idea anymore at this point i don't think any people and no one knows we're still doing this so we uh got to start posting weekly samwise yeah we're, we're gonna start posting weekly um soon are we gonna back are we gonna build up a couple a little log and then start putting them out is that what the plan is
1: not so much a plan
0: as just what's probably gonna happen right so the only plan is that there is no plan you'll get it when you get it all right you'll eat what's <laughs> served to you you swine i'm just kidding i love you what's up sam what's new oh
1: not too bad uh, very f- foggy day here in Dude. toronto
0: it had, last week in Kelowna, it was like thick fog every single day. Ben Volen was like, you couldn't see more than two light posts ahead. It was it was like that for a week. It was nuts. It was cool. I liked it. Pea soup.
1: Yeah, they had one of those in, uh, they had a toxic fog in London, I think, back in the 50s or something, 40s or 50s. <laughs> toxic what was fog. toxic
0: about it? Was it saying women are objects?
1: <laughs> yeah, there were just lots of... Uh, Misogynistic comments coming out of
0: the fog. (laughs) Ah, I found that way too funny. I'm losing it. (laughs) I'm losing it. Oh, that's crazy! What causes toxic fog? Besides Joe Rogan's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, yeah,
1: no, I, I thought that was a big thing back in London. All the podcasts. Yeah. I think it was a combination of factories and lack of wind.
0: Right. Yeah. You're talking London, England, right?
1: London, England.
0: Okay. All right. Because you are in Ottawa, and I know there's a London over there, too. Toronto. Toronto. Sorry. You're in Ontario. (laughs) I don't even know my own country. I I really don't. I haven't been further uh, east than Toronto, and I was only in Toronto in the airport for for a moment. Actually, I mean, in my own country, I lived on the East Coast of the States for a very brief period. Mm -hmm. So I know what it's like over there. I know what the humidity is all about. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, What what, I got something to talk about. I wanted to talk to you about this. I read a very interesting book. Actually, it's the first book. I hate to admit this is the first book I've actually finished (laughs) in probably three or four years. So uh, that's a testimony to uh, how good I thought it was. That book. How many pages was it? (laughs) I don't know. I read it on a on a Kindle. I could look it up though. No, Uh, no, no. Anyways, the book is called "The Three Body Problem." It's a sci-fi. Oh, okay.
1: I I listened to the audio book of that.
0: Oh, you did. Okay, yeah. cool. So we yeah. know, you know, it's a spoiler alert. We're going to talk about this a little bit, probably, right? What did you think about it?
1: Yeah, it was really interesting. It was really good. Um, it uh, it's very hardcore science fiction.
0: Yeah. So it's uh, very... wait before you continue. I need to tell you, I've just started the second book, so don't give me any spoilers on the second oh, okay. book. Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah, it's cool. It's uh, it's in an alternate. Alternate timeline where the, I think the Chinese Communist Party is like the dominant force. is like a more powerful force in the world. But they're also... And then I think they make contact with aliens or something.
0: You don't remember?
1: I can't remember who makes the contact with aliens first. Well, it is
0: the, one of the people that was originally um, against the Cultural Revolution. Uh, okay. Yeah, rec-
1: I didn't. I, I got. I got really confused. I couldn't keep track of who the characters were because all they're. Yeah, like I mean, I'm having.
0: I'm having a bigger problem with that in the second book, um for some reason. But in the first book, it's a. Does uh, it heavy emphasis on like everyone in the book is essentially like a physicist or a scientist for the most part? Yeah, and science and the military are like very closely intertwined, um, and. Essentially, it keeps jumping back and forth from like uh, kind of like the 60s, I think, to uh, uh, that's the, well, 40 so- years in the future, <laughs> right? So like, okay, it keeps jumping back and forth, and at first it doesn't seem like the two timelines are really connected at all because it's different characters in each timeline, and then at the very like last, the last act of the book, everything comes together in uh, hmm. a very satisfying way. I thought. Um, but yeah, uh, I
1: was, I was so confused. That's happened to me so many times in movies and books where there's like time jumping going on and I don't know that it's happening and I'm just so confused and that was
0: the case i book. think in this book you were meant to be confused for certain parts of it because they would reference stuff at the beginning of the book that you wouldn't even you would have no idea what they're talking about till like you know two-thirds of the way through and then you'd be like oh there was a lot of oh moments happening for me um wow. But I thought it was excellent. It was hard sci-fi with like some, you know, they were taking some liberties, of course, but it was really good. It, it, it's a kind of an existential dread type of book um, about making contact with aliens for the first time uh, and the repercussions of that.
1: Yeah, it's a very, it's very, it, it, I think, I feel like it takes first contact and then tries to see how that would play out in the most like realistic way possible,
0: yeah, and it also gets into like I like it how it shows the motivations of uh, the aliens themselves. Yeah, um, that like was interesting. The the the, the their, their, their like the prop the three body problem is referring to the aliens' um, planetary Solar system. system. When, yeah. Where they have three suns, they're trapped in the gravitational chaos of three suns that are caught in each other's gravitational orbits. But when there's three bodies, you, it's impossible to predict the movements of those yeah. uh, suns, which causes crazy cataclysmic events to happen on this alien planet all the time. And their whole civilization is, is built around trying to figure out how to predict the uh the sun's movements and they just realize that it's impossible and that's the three yeah growth. they
1: realize it'd be easier to like go to earth and take yeah, well, over a different they, planet
0: once they <laughs> find out that earth exists planet. and they realize it only has one sun and it's a stable planet they're like yeah, yeah we want someone to that yeah um, that's a very simplistic version of the story obviously i thought it was very interesting how you finally realized that was that was what the three body problem was um because it doesn't just outright say that to you anyways that's a bit of a spoiler but whatever you know what i don't give a shit. just go read it i kind of knew it's gonna be a
1: show soon too anyway
0: yeah it is gonna see i knew it was about aliens before i uh read it but you don't actually get filled in on the fact that contact with aliens has been made until way later in the book, you kind of just get little pieces of clues. And if I had mm. just went into it, not knowing anything, I don't know if I would have even picked up on that until the actual no. reveal. Yeah. No. So it was ruined for me. So I'm, I just feel like I should ruin it for everybody else who's listening <laughs> to this, but don't yeah. let it dissuade you from reading it. It's excellent. It's oriz- originally written in Chinese by a Chinese man. So there is a lot of like kind of uh, unusual prose and translations i mean sometimes you can tell that it's been translated from a different language because of the way that people yeah, speak to each different. other is a lot different
1: but that being said and all the names of the characters are chinese yeah
0: that's because i'm just starting the second one i keep fucking smoking weed before i try and read it which is not a good that's idea, a idea it's <laughs> <been involved. laughs> that's a terrible idea it's all chinese names and i cannot keep any of them straight so i'm gonna have to uh you know delay my my, my my nightly bong toke until after I'm done my reading yep. But Yep. oh and here's a I am now 17 no 16 days without a drop of alcohol and let me tell you I feel pretty fucking good I'm not gonna lie hey good for you yeah a lot of people doing dry January this year I think once you get into your like you know late 20s early 30s you get a lot more people that are on board for that plan when January 1st rolls around Oh my god, yeah. I was hungover. uh, Booze is great. What's that? Cutting out uh, alcohol does wonders. Oh, dude, for your mental clarity and just overall mood, it's amazing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Getting drunk will always be fun. It's the repercussions that are... The price of that fun is getting more (laughs) and more steep every year. I was hungover, like devastatingly hungover for four days after New Year's Eve. Oh my god. But I had been drinking a lot during December because, uh, it was, uh, you know, there was a little bit of, uh, my wife beat cancer and now all of her family's in town. And there was a little bit of that type of <laughs> let's fucking party. Everybody's alive still. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think a lot of people are doing dry gin. I know a few of the Kelowna comedians are doing it and people are seeming to have, be sticking with it quite well. So uh, it's good, it's good to see. It's good to just know that it, you can do it and like life is not um, reduced in pleasure as much as you might think it would be.
1: <laughs> yeah. In fact, you might even find yourself less depressed.
0: Oh, I have, I mean, I knew I would. It's not surprising, but it's just, you know, you get into the habit of every time you get a little bored, you're like, oh, well, I'll just go grab a six pack and then I won't be bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's where I'm at. Um, what are we doing? Because uh, this is still a philosophy podcast. is it? Not? Yeah, it is. Well, you got a plan for today? Should we get into it or I don't know. Uh, it's been so long. Since I've learned. It's been so long. Yeah, let's get into
1: it. Uh, The plan for today is we're going to talk about the trial
0: of Socrates. Oh, we've talked about Socrates before on this podcast, I'm sure, several times. Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: And we'll talk about him again, too, because, I mean, there's so much material there. Right. He
0: was so prolific in his day. He went pro. Even though he himself recorded nothing. But. He recorded man that I, that takes guts you know i have a lot of respect for a guy that doesn't even bother writing his own genius down no he knows he knows people are writing it down for him oh. <laughs> okay <laughs> i often fantasize that like there's like in stand up comedy the best comedian on the planet is probably like some unknown guy who just doesn't doesn't do it for uh for anything other than the pure pleasure of doing it Possible, possible.
1: That's um, possible, yeah. But if that person is real, then I think they're probably a time traveler. Why? Um, I don't know. I don't see how you could be the best at something without doing it so much that people knew who you were.
0: That's true. I mean, they're probably known. They pro- But I'm. I'm saying they maybe aren't pursuing it. Uh. You're saying that if you're that good, people will people you'll people will spread. Word, the word. will get around. Weird okay. will get around. Uh, if you get good yeah, enough, people. Okay. Well,
1: but I've also heard it said like the the best uh, band, for example, on any given night, could be any band in the world. It just depends on the room that they're in.
0: I mean, I've saying there's you. the best of any sort of art form is kind of a dumb thing to, to even yeah. say, but you know, yeah. in lieu of a better term.
1: <laughs> well, that's funny because. In some ways, Socrates was on trial for saying that he was the best of the best.
0: Oh, okay. Well, let's get into it. Yeah.
1: So basically, well, we we can get into the whole story, but basically Socrates was on trial in Athens and he was accused of sort of two two main things. Number one was corrupting the youth of Athens.
0: Oh, he's like the Andrew Tate of his time. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Perfect analogy. Yeah, he's the Andrew Tate of Athens. Okay. And then how the second- many cars did he have? How many cars, yeah.
0: How many horses?
1: <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, well, we can get into the whole slavery thing, but anyway. Um, and then the second charge was he was an, uh, charged of being an atheist, not believing in any gods or goddesses. So those were the two crimes, illegal, to and be they Ill- were those are serious. Illegal crimes. to not believe in something—that's crazy. Well, that was a, that was a serious crime because back in the day in Athens, the the gods are like the the patrons of your city, and if your city is, you know, pissing off the gods, then the gods might, you know, stop sponsoring your city. Right. Right, and then you get canceled mm. by the gods. And that's I not see. good.
0: You do not want so this to. This was
1: serious, the gods. serious charge, and uh, yeah. So those, those are the two charges, and this was in Athenian court, so it was a, li- a little different from our court. Uh, they didn't have nearly as many rules as we do. Like they didn't have. Uh, you could sort of bring up anything that you wanted, if it wasn't like a murder case. You could like say like, Socrates smells bad, even though that has nothing to do with him. <laughs> right.
0: There was no objections being yelled out because it was not relevant to the case? No, like they would have that in like a murder case or maybe like a contract dispute. But
1: the kind of trial that Socrates had would have been was called a public trial because it was just in the interest of the public. And then uh, it would have been held in what was called a popular court, which was just sort of like our small claims court that just sort of hears everything that isn't super serious. Right, and in that kind of situation, there is not not nearly as many rules. There's no judge. In fact, all there is is a jury, and the jury could be anywhere between five hundred and a thousand people.
0: What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in one sense, I'm like, good. That's better than just twelve, because you could easily poison the whale with one bad juror with only twelve. True. But if True. If you get get a thousand people, you get a much more, you know, distilled opinion. It's hard to bribe 501 people. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, I've definitely uh, heard of, you know, juries where it's one, you get one kind of goofy guy on the jury that, (laughs) you know, just doesn't want to say guilty or not guilty because they are coming up with their own crazy theories in their head. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we all know people we would hate to see on our own jury. (laughs) Not because they're bad people, but because you know how their brain works. (laughs) I'm thinking way too hard about this. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and like in our case, juries have to reach an anonymous, sorry, not anonymous, a unanimous verdict. Whereas in Athens it, it was just a fifty percent plus one, just a simple majority would get you the, the victory. Yeah. I don't but know. But there about were some like I think it yeah, should be,
0: it, you know, 70. We'll do a B. You need a B plus at least. <laughs> Eighty two. Yeah. Eighty-two <laughs>
1: percent. Yeah. Uh, there, there were some similarities. Uh, for example, the way the a trial would start would be the same, like the plaintiff would have to serve the complaint on the defendant with some witnesses. Then there would be like pre-trial hearings where you disclose all of your evidence. You sort of argue the case a little bit in front of like an arbitrator who was basically just a, anyone over 60 selected randomly by a lot, by a lottery. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then uh, after that, then you could go to, uh, they would, the, the arbitrator would make a non-binding decision and then you could accept it or you could go to, one of these massive uh, public trials with like 500 people.
0: I'm actually really surprised that they have so many steps for back then. Like I thought it would be a lot mm-hmm. more like, you know, if the audience jeers loud enough, you're guilty.
1: No, <laughs> so they had actually a- actually
0: impressive to me.
1: Yeah, they had a specific way of casting their their ballot. It was called a ballot or I think it was called a ballot. And basically each juror has two of these- Things. They look like you know what a you know like what a an ab roller is? Yeah. It's like a rod with like a little wheel. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's like a rod and there's like a little disc in the middle of it. Yeah. So they would have two of those. One of those, the rod, is like a solid rod, and then the other one, it's hollow on the inside. And if you think the defendant is right, then you put your defendant's ballot in, like the hollow one. But if you Mm -hmm. think the plaintiff is right, then you put in the the other one. So that's how they vote with these like stick, weird stick things. Okay. Whatever. And then the plaintiff would speak first. So in this, in Socrates trial, the plaintiff was everyone saying Socrates is a, is an annoying uh, atheist. And then after the plaintiff speaks, then the defendant gets a turn. They can cross examine the plaintiff if they want and then it's over and the trial cannot take longer than a day even oh, I like it's for a murder even for a murder it has to be done in a day you i mean everybody likes that
0: day. except for the person on trial i'm sure yeah <laughs>
1: yeah so that's that's how it worked and that was uh socrates's trial and it followed it was a public trial i think 500 jurors and he did the did they did the thing they had and it's recorded by Plato as the apology. So it's recorded as a dialogue. Oh. But the apology does not mean I'm sorry. It, I think in Greek it means something else, but anyway, so that's sort of like the basic overview. Do you have any, any questions on Athenian um, court system? No,
0: I have a question. How old was Socrates?
1: Um, good question. I think he was, he was probably an elderly man because he's depicted in the painting. There's a famous painting called the death of Socrates. And he's depicted as having like white hair and a beard. But I don't know if anyone really knows how old he was. You'd assume in his 30s or 40s at the youngest. Right. Oh, I they say aged approximately 71.
0: 71 that's not a bad life for back then i'm sure i could i wouldn't feel cheated if i died at 71 nowadays i think <laughs> if you get to 60 you really everything on top of that it's a little bit of a bonus i think is that what i said last yeah. week i feel like i said that last week but with a different no, number so. okay maybe i don't know um so he's so just just another reminder it's socrates plato and aristotle which one of those is real and which one's a myth um socrates is the one
1: who is like the least like he socrates did not personally write anything so all we know about socrates is other people referring to him okay but, but
0: all three Arizona of those beings, beings, beings exist. Why did I think oh, yeah. one was wrong?
1: One was like a No, because well, people, Socrates is the one that people are like, oh, was he real? Was he not real? We don't really know. Oh, okay. But, but it seems pretty clear that agree. he was real. Okay, yeah. yeah. We don't really know if he said everything that he is recorded as saying by Plato. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Okay. So he's on trial for being an atheist and corrupting the youth. Yeah. Okay, it's pretty pretty metal. Pretty metal. Um,
1: and so he, uh, so like I said earlier, he was on trial for being annoying, and by being annoying and corrupting the youth, like these are corrupting the youth is sort of like a a frivolous charge because it's not really what people are upset about. The people right. who. Or at least that's what you know. It's kind of hard to talk about this because the only real account of the trial that we have is the one written by Plato, who is Socrates was Socrates' student, his, his homie. So it could be kind of biased. Yeah, we don't really know for sure. But what we what we do know is that Socrates' uh, sort of opponents in the dialogues seem to be the people who finally get him killed here at the end. Right. And yeah, and those are the. Uh, the sophists and so the sophists were they were kind of like philosophers except they weren't really interested in a search for truth so much as a search for making money ah yeah and they taught people how to make persuasive arguments and things like that but without really focusing on getting to the truth so they taught you how to
0: seem like you're
1: telling the Manipulate, yeah, use rhetoric, stuff like that. Oh, Socrates okay, really didn't they taught you
0: me. how to bullshit the bullshitter. They tell you, they taught you how to use yes. a bunch of fancy, uh, fancy li- linguistic techniques to get what you yes. want. Yes,
1: and it's, it's funny because this is exactly what they accused Socrates of doing. They accused him of using. I forget what the, t- the exact quote is, but they, they accuse him of using fancy linguistic tricks. To make weak arguments appear strong,
0: hmm. they were projecting.
1: Exactly, they were projecting. Yeah, and so here, here so Socrates said that um, he didn't have any witnesses, like he didn't have any people that he brought with him to speak on his behalf. But instead, he had one very reliable witness, which was the god at Delphi. Okay. So if you know your, your Greek history, you know that Delphi was where the oracle was.
0: I, I guess I don't know my Greek history. All I know <laughs> is from what I played in the God of War games on PlayStation Two when I was thirteen. Okay, that's 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 pretty good. You probably
1: go to they probably go to Delphi at some point in those games. Oh, I'm sure they do. Anyway, so he said. Um, so this is what Socrates says in his trial. He says he uh, went to Delphi with his friend. And his friend asked the oracle, uh, if, is, is there anyone wiser than Socrates? And the oracle replied that there was none wiser than Socrates. And cool. so Socrates is telling them- <laughs> Everyone kind of hates Socrates. And you can kind of yeah. tell from the apology that he's sort of like saying, sorry, but not not sorry. Yeah. Like he's trying to I'm, piss them off yeah. even more. Right, And so he says, like, so he says, like, there's none wiser, but he says, no, I'm not boasting because I know that I'm not wise. So I knew that the Oracle is like giving me a riddle or something. Right. And so he thinks, so he decides he's telling the story, like, this is what happened after I did this. So he decides he's going to go on this quest to try and find someone who is wise because he knows he is not wise. So if Socrates can just find one person that is wise, then he'll prove the oracle wrong. And though there's someone wiser than him. So he says, first he goes to like the leaders of Athens, like the, the politicians, because they seem very wise. And so he talks to them for a bit, but he says he quickly realizes that they don't actually understand what they're doing at all. And they are, they're not wise at all. And then he goes to the poets and Cause they seem pretty wise from like their poetry, mm-hmm. but turns, he says the poets are, can't explain their poetry at all. Like they're, they don't seem to know what they're doing either. They're not wise. And he goes to like craftsmen. And even though they're great craftsmen, they don't really understand the principles of their craft and they're not very wise. And so finally he realizes that the reason he is the wisest person is because he doesn't
0: pretend to have knowledge that he knows that he doesn't. Right. Okay. Well, I can, I, I mean, is there anything more annoying than when, you know, someone's talking that out of their ass about something they have no idea what they're talking about? <laughs> talking about. Talking about. Yeah. And,
1: and that's, that's, so all of these, uh, and so by the time he finishes this, this quest, he's managed to piss off. Pretty much everybody in
0: power, because he just went Athens, around town saying, "Oh, you're not wise. You're not wise either. You don't know what you're talking about." Wow, I can't find a single person who isn't an idiot in this city. That would piss yeah. off a lot of people. Like everything in Athens, like it's all done in public, right? So imagine you're yeah. like
1: some politician or a lawyer, and you're standing in the crowded, you know, forum. Socrates yeah. walks up, you, starts talking to you. Everyone can hear, and he just makes a fool out of you with his like insanely smart questioning that he subjects you to. Yeah. And just exposes you for not actually having any knowledge. And so this pissed
0: a lot of people off. Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. Yeah. And, uh, that's why everyone I meet, I am. First thing I say is I do not know anything about anything. So let's start (laughs) there. Don't expect me to have any insights about anything. Exactly. That's like, yeah,
1: that, that's what he. That's what Socrates would do as well.
0: Well, that's kind of like, like he, the uh, the eight mile M M&M and M tactic at the end there. Remember? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen that. movie. You haven't seen that movie? Oh my god! All mm-hmm. right. Well, you should. It's really good. But at the end, he's like in a rap battle, and it's his round first, and he spends like his whole first round making fun of himself, so that by the time it gets to the next guy, he has nothing to say that he hasn't already said, which is you know. It's a bit of a weenie tactic, but it worked. It worked in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty smart.
1: It's sort of like a like a uh, smoke screen.
0: It's, it's like, a, I'm going to punch myself in the face, so you can't take credit for yeah. <laughs> my Black Black guy. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think when, when Socrates does it, it seems to be kind of like kind of like a way to make fun of his the person that he's talking to where he's like, look, I'm an idiot. But even I
0: know that you don't know anything. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I'm an idiot. And compared to me, you're an idiot. So (laughs) exactly. So that was, that
1: was basically what he was. uh, He was basically saying that, look, like they've accused me of these things, but everything they say is lies. And if I'm, if I say I'm the wisest, it's only because I know, I don't pretend to have knowledge that I don't. Right. Yeah. And everybody and then, else does. Yeah, everybody, everybody else does. Like the sophists, the politicians, the poets, they all pretend to have knowledge. But if you talk to them and question them about what they claim to know, you quickly find that they don't actually know anything.
0: Right, 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 right,
1: right. Yeah. And so if you wanna see like examples of this inaction, uh, these are all of his, all of his dialogues involve these sorts of things where he, the Socratic method, where he sort of questions people about their beliefs until they talk themselves into contradictions. And by doing that, he he proves that they don't actually know anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. You just, you just keep asking them, asking them until they go beyond their depth of knowledge on the subject. Yeah, exactly. That was like, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but when I was doing my apprenticeship for electrical, um, you know, they teach you how electricity works, but if you keep asking them and asking them, eventually the, the professors would just be like, at that point, you got to talk to a physicist because I have no idea <laughs> because it when you get down to like, how does electricity actually work? They'll tell you how it works within a system, but they don't know how they can't explain to you how it actually works. And we're, I'm talking about trades, trades instructors here
1: yeah well, well socrates would be like look your trades instructors are pretty smart because as soon as they know that they're out of knowledge they they know that they're out of knowledge and they can right admit it. and they admit it okay i see yeah whereas like people who people who aren't a person who is not wise would never even realize that they didn't know anything they would just keep making up like rationalization so that they could feel like they knew something
0: right that, really it's just a simple sim, people are not honest about their uh breadth of knowledge yeah if you can't no, admit your shortcomings themselves. then you are not going to be like have an accurate view of yourself or the world properly yeah
1: and it's not just that the, the, they uh they try to pretend to other people to know things where it's like they they actually they don't they know they don't know but they just pretend to to know, so that people think they're smart. Oh, ah, well, that's the they worst. actually don't realize that they don't know. Like it's kind of like almost like an arrogance that blinds them to their own ignorance. Yeah, that's so what I'm saying
0: is that you, you, you. They have to. There has to be a, like. We've met people like this where it's like there has to be a part of them that realizes that they're out of their depth, but they would rather just make up bullshit rationalizations than admit that they're out of their depth.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And so, and 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 so, it's so hard to think too about what you don't know, because you kind of your brain just kind of naturally thinks about stuff that it understands, or that it thinks it understands. Right. And things that you don't know, you just kind of like ignore or like don't process them almost. You've got like blinders on to your own ignorance, kind of. Ignorance is bliss, baby. Yeah. Well, we, we've talked about this. This is like a big theme for socrates i think we've talked about it before too with respect to like uh like how in your in your own time you don't realize what is beyond the scope of your knowledge kind of like the three body problem when the aliens don't realize what the three uh stars in the sky are and they have all these different explanations for
0: yeah that's right because a few times yeah. they really do think they figured out what's going on yeah because to them it's usually like it's just it's they have all they come up with all these like kind of uh, experimental ideas that can explain the randomness of their system to a point but it always breaks down after a certain amount of time yeah yeah
1: all right so that was the first the first sort of charge basically uh being this annoying know-it-all and then, and then uh the second main charge is that Socrates was an atheist. And this one is kind of like a this one kind of shows how like desperate his opponents were to trump up some charge to get him convicted because all they really had to charge him with was not believing in the gods of Athens. Right. But instead, they went way broader and said that he's a total atheist, doesn't believe in any gods or goddesses. And, you know, like Socrates is going to be like, "Uh, uh, 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 not so fast, my friends. I may not believe in the God of Athens, but you definitely can't prove that I don't believe in any gods or goddesses. In fact, I actually and in fact, he argues that he does believe in a God. He believes in a God that lives inside of him and tells him like <laughs> what does what to say and like what's true and what's not true. And, and these things called this oh, demon.
0: He, oh yeah. I'm sure they love that. I'm sure they love that. <laughs> you know, what's funny is Socrates definitely could have talked his way out of getting put to death, but he just didn't. Oh, the apology is great. Like it's one of the all time, great, uh, great speeches.
1: It's just so condescending. The all-time
0: sorry, not sorries of uh, history.
1: it's the all-time like they like the hater. They're haters. Yeah, the whole the whole thing is like, look, I haven't done anything they've accused me of doing. They're accusing me of this because they hate me because I've exposed them for how stupid they are. (laughs) (laughs) That's the whole speech in like two lines, but he does it in a much more much more clever way. And of course, uh, it fails and he is uh, convicted
0: on all, all done in a day. And does he get put to death that same day?
1: No, he doesn't get put to death that day. In fact, he's given, uh,
0: the choice of exile or death. Why would you not choose Exile.
1: Well, there's a whole nother dialogue about that called uh, Credo, which we can do. Um, I don't don't know if we should do it this episode or next episode, but um, he basically, yeah, so he gets put in uh, prison after the trial and his friend comes and says, like, look, we can, there are, why don't you just take exile? Like, we don't have to, you don't have to die. Like, let's do exile. Yeah. And I think... He has Socrates doesn't want to do that for a few reasons. One of them, probably the maybe the least important one, is that he really does love Athens and he doesn't want to be exiled from it. And he thinks that would be unjust because he was I he was a soldier for Athens in his youth, and he, so he has all these connections to the city. He's a, he a patriot. He doesn't want to leave it. He's a patriot. Yeah. And I can't recall off the top of my head what his other reason for. Uh. Choosing death would be. Um, but anyway, so we are sorry for not choosing exile. Uh, the other choice was can you just promise not to talk about philosophy forever? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. And he said, well, that won't work because if my demon tells me to say something, I'm going to say
0: it. <laughs> Kind of like how, uh, you know, Eminem has Slim Shady and uh, Nicki Minaj has Roman, you know, it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly. his alter ego. Exactly. It spits fire. Ego. You can't stop man, it from spitting fire. Spit fire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. The demon speaks. So does Socrates. So he, he can't do exile. He can't do not talk anymore. And so I. Uh, he eventually dies by committing suicide. He drinks a poison concoction. Hemlock.
0: Yeah. Is that, I thought that was given to him as his execution, uh, you know, method, but he did that to, uh, get ahead of the game on the whole dying Um, thing. Good question.
1: I originally planned to do this in two parts. One part, the trial, the other part, his death. Um, I think well it was definitely suicide, but I don't know if um it was mandated that he drink it or not. Oh no, he is sentenced to die by drinking the poison and he just okay, chooses to do it himself.
0: Well, I don't I wouldn't consider that a suicide. I mean <laughs> <laughs> if he wouldn't have done it if he wasn't being forced to, you know what I mean? It's like is walking the plank a suicide when you got the crew swords mm-hmm. at your back? yeah I mean in this one it's like it's it's
1: think of it like uh you, you can really compare it to the crucifixion of Jesus, right It's very similar they're very similar stories, so much so that I kind of think there's something
0: suspicious like they are both the, the both those stories came, are uh, originated at the same time Well,
1: unfortunately for Jesus,
0: Socrates died in like 300 BC.
1: Yeah. So he Socrates is not the plagiarist here. Somebody is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna name any name. <laughs> so, so Socrates like gets sentenced to death by on these trumped up charges for saying um that he has a god inside of him.
0: Yeah, I mean like, I can just go idea.
1: <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> I'm kind of god. Kind I, of God. I don't believe in other gods because I am God.
1: Uh, oh man, the the, the similarity, like the, the similarities between the death of Socrates and the death of Jesus are insane, right? Socrates on trial. Why is he on trial? For corrupting the youth with his weird ideas about how God works by saying mm-hmm. that he himself has God in him. Uh, he also says all sorts of things about you should never like harm people. You know he's got. He says a lot of very similar things too. He he says his own version of the golden rule three hundred years before Jesus says it. Who says and it? Gets it? Uh,
0: Socrates. No, but who says it? Who is like it credited to um, the golden rule? Like originally? I mean, not. I mean, if you're saying well, Socrates is the original, but who who who's it you generally search credited to? The golden
1: rule. It'll show you Jesus. It'll be that. Oh, oh okay. But Socrates says something that's has basically the exact same meaning, but see, hundreds I see, I see, of years earlier. So, And then sentenced to death in this sort of like weird sham trial. And like we're saying, has the, and then is, and then is offered the chance to escape, right? He's visited in jail by his rich friend who can help him escape. Turns it down, turns down the opportunity to, opportunity to escape.
0: And yeah, in, right, instead
1: right. of, and then uh, let's, drinks the poison himself saying like, look, death, I'm sentenced to death, but I don't even know if death is a bad thing. Death might be the best thing that ever happens to anybody. And we just don't know.
0: You know what? It would be nice to know that for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Really would. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was an, that was an interesting thing during the, the trial is he's like, you're sentencing me to death. Like, why should I be concerned about that? I don't know what happens after I die. Nobody does. Like, it might be the best thing ever. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But then, of course, he, he does die. Um, he drinks the poison himself. And it seems like a suicide because he had all of these choices to get out of it, like to escape, to take exile. He's choosing death. Drinking the drink himself, not concerned about it at all. Telling his followers up until the end, like, all good, guys. We'll see each other when we're all reincarnated. Mm-hmm. He ain't scared. Ain't scared. Um, and only difference, of course, between him and Jesus is that he, there's no story about him rising from the dead three days later. But other than that, they're very, very similar
0: stories. Interesting. Interesting.
1: Yeah. I don't know if historically there's any anything there, but I feel like if if someone was like sitting down and wanted to invent like a cool death for Jesus, the one that they would pick to plagiarize from would be the death of Socrates.
0: What's cooler, crucifixion or hemlock drinking? That's the question here. <laughs>
1: Crucifixion, Crucifixion is definitely a lot more metal. metal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's the so that's the trial of Socrates and then in like a little less detail the credo, but we can go into the credo in more detail in the next episode cuz that's that's a really interesting.
0: Yeah, be good. Like, I'm actually on the credo diet right now, so um it's going to be <laughs> fitting. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm credo, sorry. Uh, You had to go there. (laughs) I have to have some sort of contribution to the conversation. And unfortunately a lot of that comes out as very bad jokes. I apologize. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Right. Plato. He gets me
1: (laughs) (laughs) the apology. Yeah. 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 It was interesting that you mentioned at the beginning, um, Andrew Tate, because there's a lot of, uh, There are some similarities in the way Socrates defends himself to the way a lot of people who get canceled defend themselves. And they say that, look, the fact that people hate me proves that I'm right.
0: That I'm saying something right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You hear that a lot.
0: Yeah. I mean, how like these people are never going to admit they're wrong. That's the thing. So that's like what's the other option is that, yeah, I must be saying something right because you guys are scared.
1: Yeah, and it's different when you don't have any like actual substance to back up your claim that look the the fact that they hate me proves I'm right. It's like, what do they hate you for? That's what should prove that, that you're right or not. Like people hated Socrates because he embarrassed them for showing that they didn't uh, they didn't know anything. Right, but nobody. Nobody hates Andrew Tate because of how smart he is.
0: <laughs> no, I mean the thing I hear about Andrew Tate a lot is oh he makes some he he makes some good points. Like, you know, you, you should you should take some personal accountability. It's like there's so many other people making those exact points because they're not new by any means, sans all the other horrific shit that he says and pushes. So it's like <laughs> if you just want someone to guide you, you know give you a little mentorship you can find plenty of people that can tell you to take accountability yourself or whatever the hell people defend they always say oh he's got some good points i don't agree with any everything he says but it's like there's so many other people you could listen to that make the exact same good quote-unquote good points without making all the horrific points alongside of it so (laughs) i don't get it it's yeah. Like, you, can, you not, learn how to.
1: You can learn how to go to the gym without paying a human trafficker.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like. Do you think this guy's the only guy with like good advice that you have to take? Like every the good with the bad, or else you'll just be completely, uh, you know, left out to dry on this <laughs> incredible life advice.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh well. He's probably going to be in prison for a while, so. You think so? Oh man, have you seen like all the leaked audio tapes and stuff?
0: No, I I I
1: have. He's, he's on tape like confess not like confessing like like he's on tape saying like I loved uh, you know, raping you. Um here's how you recruit women to be your sex trafficking victims and manipulate them. Like he's on tape, like (laughs) saying all this stuff. Yeah, on video. I listened
0: to uh, um, some clips of it was like a YouTube clip of like comedians reacting to Andrew Tate, and they were all pretty much defend. Like a lot of them were defending him, which was pretty fucking shitty. Um, because but they were saying that it wasn't human trafficking; it was like tax evasion. I
1: don't know. He's on on tape saying like, "This is how you manipulate." women into like going to, going to live with you in
0: Romania. And then here's how you stop them from leaving the country and blah, blah, blah. Like, (laughs) Holy fuck. Oh Oh, my God. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. I mean, I was never going to defend the guy. I I mean, that guy (laughs) gave me douche chills immediately when I first heard him speak.
1: Oh no, no, no. He's a, he's a moron because he's like totally screwed. He admitted he's, he's on tape admitting to everything.
0: So you think he's actually going to be in jail for a long time?
1: Oh, yeah. They've been investigating him for over a year. That's why he oh, got, uh, he got so removed from that, Big it, Brother he, on the UK.
0: He, he couldn't help. Of, oh, really? Was he on that show?
1: Yeah. I think that's how he first became famous. Was He was on Big Brother in the UK, but he was being under investigation for rape in the UK. So they took oh, him off God. of Big Brother, Oh my! He God. moved to Romania, and then started doing his like online university thing. <laughs> the hustle. All
0: right. What's it the called? Hustle. The war room. <laughs> uh,
1: who who said it best? Farming simps. I forget who said that, but yeah, yeah. farming simps. <laughs> yeah.
0: I liked uh, Sam Morrill. There was a clip of him uh, he, on stage asking the crowd who Andrew Tate was. And then someone in the crowd was like, you pay him. And he teaches you how to become an alpha. And he's like, is there anything less alpha than paying someone to teach you how to be an alpha?
1: (laughs) It's so true. It's so true.
0: (laughs) It is. I mean, he he has the philosophy of like the edgy kid in a ninth grade at the back of like a ninth grade
1: classroom. He is is one of these guys Socrates would say is like a, a sophist. Like they're selling you.
0: Something that they actually can't give you. Yeah, and I know. Just
1: an idiot for giving them your Dude, money. But go to his. More, they don't know anything.
0: Yeah. Go to his war room um, website and oh just just read the sales pitch. It is so fucking <laughs> funny. It's like openly insulting you. It's just like, what can you bring to the war room? Nothing. If you could have brought some to the war room, we would all, you would already be in it. The fact is, you can't bring a single ounce of value to our our organization. It's like that type of aggro angle. It's so funny. But, uh, I mean, like, uh, when I was 13, I was an absolute moron. I might have bought into his shit, too. I don't know. Cause all you really care about oh, it, all you like all of the things you think matter in life at that age are what Andrew Tate thinks matters in life, which is wealth and women, which is just, it's a very emotionally stunted viewpoint. It, it, it's one of those things where it's like the person, it, it, there's a point in, when you're, uh, you know, in adolescence where you think that bravado and, uh, Talking about how good you are means you're truly confident in yourself. But when you get older, you're like, why would anyone who's secure with themselves ha- spend their entire day trying to convince other people how good they are? <laughs> it's, it's like the, it's the biggest insecurity. It's it, that's like the biggest sign that you have no security. You're you you have to be constantly projecting. To the world, how good you are. I mean, obviously, he's making money doing it, so there's that motivation. But anytime you see someone that is constantly talking themselves up, you know, especially when you get older, that they're severely insecure with themselves.
1: Yeah, or yeah, and uh, yeah, sometimes, it's, sometimes it's definitely insecurity, and sometimes I think
0: people genuinely are narcissistic and believe their own bullshit. I know, but why would they need to constantly reiterate that to other people over and over and over again?
1: Well, I think even um, if you truly do, but...
0: even if you truly are a narcissist and you do believe you're better than everyone, what I don't get with the motivation is to have to constantly try and tell everybody that. If you're actually secure, if you actually believe that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I not I'm not a psychologist, but it would well maybe it be should sent-
0: be <laughs> go back to school so we can have this conversation.
1: Yeah, I was going to say if if you are doing that it's you probably have like some sort of need to be aggressive or something. I don't know.
0: It, it's a power thing, I guess. Yeah, a power can, trip. But again, if you need to do that to feel powerful, it's because there's something inside of you that you think is not good enough.
1: Maybe. I I don't I don't know. I don't I don't always think that inside every asshole is a scared little
0: kid. No, I don't think that either. But I do think that I, you know, there's no real reason to have to hype yourself up constantly uh, unless there's a part, like, it's like one of those things where, like, who are you trying to convince here? It's yourself. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. There's one, there's one, like, Tape of him where he's talking to this girl, recorded him. This girl that he raped recorded him. Mm-hmm. And he is, he literally, it's like this weird moment where he's almost self reflective and he's like, I loved making you do all the things you didn't want to do. I loved how much you didn't want it. It turned me on. Why am I like that?
0: Ugh, and then gross. he just Where can on. I hear I'm, these tapes? Because I, oh, I almost tons of all them. my.
1: Tons of React. Uh, you should watch. Uh, oh, it's like a legal channel. C L R Bruce Rivers. Is that he's a, like YouTube? a defense attorney? Yeah, he's a defense attorney on YouTube. Oh, um,
0: Bruce Rivers. I'm gonna yeah. write that down with a physical pen right now. Yeah, he's, Bruce he's good, Rivers. Um, it's just so funny how they caught them. He had to. He had to clap back at a 19 year old Swedish girl.
1: <laughs> Isn't she like 17?
0: Oh, I don't know. I thought she was 19.
1: No, she's, she's like underage,
0: I think. Yeah. <laughs> what? So Bruce Rivers? Okay, I got it. His – someone's uh, – someone oh, – See, that, would that, a person um, who's really secure in themselves have to win a, a, an online battle with Greta Thunberg? Okay. So, the, okay. Maybe he's insecure, but he doesn't know he's insecure. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. He, I don't think he would ever admit that to himself, but it's you know, okay, very obvious that that's happening. That yeah, makes no. more sense to me. I don't think he wakes up and looks at himself and is like, God, you're such a piece of shit. I got to just <laughs> tell everyone how good I am, and that'll make me feel good if they believe me. No, I, I think that it's something that's deep, deep, deep buried in his psyche, and uh, uh-huh. it would take, like, I don't know. How, it's see, pretty big. I, to get it out. I wonder what would happen if you force fed him, like, five grams of mushrooms would he, would, and, like, left him in a room. Would he come out? with the same attitude. I, I, I have a hard time believing he would cause it forces. He's so too much old. Inch. He can't be changed. He's you don't think so? No. Do you think your personality and your mindset is crystallized by the time you're what, how old? I don't think a mushroom trip would be enough. No. What if we doubled it up with MDMA? What cocktail no. would change this man? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you need to like make him live with a, mongolian
0: sheep herder for three years or something <laughs> <laughs> he's just talking into the things this sheep herders ear you can barely <laughs> even wrangle i watched me catch all these sheep way faster than you i think <laughs> dude i think yeah he has something i mean I, just, I mean i'm stating the obvious here but there's something severely wrong with that man yeah
1: but, well, maybe they'll uh, figure it out
0: in Romanian prison. It's just sweet justice that it was like him. He could not let some child, teenager, have the last word. <laughs> yeah. How old is he? Like, he's like in his late 30s, right? He's in his 30s, yeah. What a moron. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I, I have I've a hard out. I have a hard out. You have a hard out? Well, yeah. I have a hard on, so let's just do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, we're going to – yeah, we'll see you guys next week. And uh, More Play-Doh. TPS, is, is our uh, email still running? It's got to be still operational, right? Yeah. TPSpodcast420 at gmail.com, I believe it was.
1: Hell yeah. Right? That's the one.
0: Little, let me take a quick look here. Uh, uh, it's not on my thing. Anyways, we'll figure that out. Um, in the meantime, you guys have a great, uh, great week ahead. Toodles. Peace.